Ugandan researchers have developed low-cost air quality monitoring sensors that work in extreme conditions and will allow Uganda to switch from expensive imported monitors in its bid to tackle rising air pollution. Pollution remains the world's largest environmental threat to human health, and in 2017 it was responsible for 15% of deaths globally, according to a report by Global Alliance on Health and Pollution. Kampala, the capital of Uganda, home to 2 million people, ranks among the world's most polluted cities, with pollution levels up seven times higher than the World Health Organization's safe standards, according to the 2021 World Air Quality Report, that is. Our guest today led the research at Makerere University in Kampala and highlights that the team had been motivated by growing death toll caused by air pollution around the world. Is it not Jack Ma who said, if you can take care of the worry, you have something to do in business? Associate Professor of Computer Science and the Chair of the Department of Computer Sciences at Makerere, Professor Mr. Engineer Bangomusha. No, 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 I got that one. Bainomu Gisha. Bainomu Gisha, there we go. Professor Bainomu Gisha, good evening, sir. Welcome to SAFM. Good evening, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Good evening from Kampala, Uganda. Certainly. Thank you so much for joining in, and we welcome you on our platform, SAFM. Thank you for responding as you did to our invitation, but more importantly, well done for engaging a health issue that becomes a very social issue at especially at a health level. Tell us about the issues that you were seized with before you decided here and no further, something has to be done. Just paint for us the context in which the air quality is the concern that it is. Thank you so much once again for having me. As you rightly provided a background, air pollution is now a major environmental public health affecting most of the African uh, cities, uh, with Africa, you know, alone losing over one million people uh, every year. Uh, the biggest challenge uh, that we have in many African cities, and which really motivated the work that we do, is that the evidence to pinpoint the magnitude of, of air pollution in the different spaces where our communities live in these cities is limited. So how do we uh, close that data gap? Um, what we know is that uh, the current methods of monitoring air quality rely on uh, expensive uh, high-end uh, equipment, uh, which in many cases are not designed to work in uh, African uh, context uh, settings, specifically for Kampala. These equipment assume that you have uh, connectivity to internet in all the spaces where these equipment are deployed, you have access to a high um, durable um, electricity and many others, but this is not true. And they are quite expensive, uh, costing over 100,000 US dollars to you know, set up. So having been uh, you know, affected by this air pollution challenge and having also the privilege to know about, about, uh, about the technology, uh, we are motivated on how we can uh, leverage our technical know-how as well as the understanding of the context we work in uh, to create the right technology for Africa uh, that addresses the African uh, challenges that we face in our cities. And that's how we created the uh, air core monitors, which are low-cost air quality sensing monitors with the ability to 
uh, take samples of air every one minute and quantifying uh, the concentration of the pollutants in the air and transmitting this data over cellular connectivity with ability to be powered by a solar panel and also ability to be mounted on uh, different um, installation points, including uh, the motorcycle taxis, which are quite a popular forms of transportation in Kampala to give us a high resolution uh, of monitoring air quality within the city and informing our action to tackle this air quality uh, challenge that we are facing. Whenever there is a problem, generally speaking, beyond the problem is a solution. So ECHO, the app itself, surely can't just be used to gather the data. I mean, it's real-time data, of course. Beyond the data, where do you foresee the opportunity there? Here's why I'm asking that question. Five, six, seven years ago, a man in China literally went around with a vacuum cleaner sucking up all the air. Now, of course, we know because China is the global manufacturer and construction site of the world, the smog in the air is quite dense. They have been on mosques long before COVID was even a thing we would knew we would know anything about. That smog through the air, that gentleman who's a scientist, I am led to believe, I'm just looking at my Google very quickly because I remember the story, he was able from the smog to manufacture a brick, creating altogether an enterprise out of a great environmental problem. Beyond ECHO and the data that it produces, what can we anticipate? Yeah, thank you. At ECHO, our ultimate vision is clean air for all African cities. So we want to see that the data we collect is being utilized by different stakeholders to inform action that can improve air quality. Our ultimate uh, interest and vision is to see that each one of us can breathe clean air and can live health lives. Uh, why would we think that this data can help us deliver that vision? Because we strongly believe that we cannot tackle a problem that we do not know uh, the magnitude and the scale. So the data that we collect and what you see in the air co-op uh, is a way to provide information for the decision makers mm, mm. to now have the ability to know uh, which parts of the city are polluted and which parts of the city have good air quality. What time of the day, what time of the year mm. does the air quality uh, get worse? And with who, that information... Who are your major stakeholders with this information? I mean, to the extent that you will then forward it on, who from where you sit would be your major stakeholders? Who would want this typical data? Our major stakeholder, uh, first of all, is the city authorities, people who are responsible for managing our cities. They need this data to be able to manage our cities uh, in a sustainable way and maintain cleaner air in our cities. That's our primary stakeholder. Uh, but we also believe that citizens um, have the duty to play, uh, but they also need this information to understand uh, where the air quality is good or bad in the city. If you, you are a parent, you have children, you need to care the quality of air around the school where your children go to. So you're also a major stakeholder in understanding the quality of air around your school. Uh, but of course, you also know that the key players who are part of the 
uh, pollution contributors, like the industries. Uh, most of the industries we've talked to, some of them point to the fact that they lack the capability to do uh, self-monitoring. So this data is also helping uh, these industries start to understand the impact they're having on the environment and the communities around the places where they operate. And hopefully they can start taking action on how they can reduce emissions uh, they're making to our environment and polluting our air. Talking about the pollution itself, I think there is an environmental concern. We can celebrate, of course, ECHO and the opportunities it creates and sort of the data that we will be able to generate as a result of its ingenuity. The fact that we have this problem is probably the first thing we need to engage. What is the cause of all of this pollution? Is it the economic activity that is archaic, that is not quite yet responsive to the environmental questions that are certainly predicated on, among other things, the Paris Climate Agreement? Is that conversation even prominently engaged in Uganda or Kampala specifically? What do you say is the major contributing factor to the fact that the air quality is as bad as it is in Uganda and Kampala specifically? Yeah, in Uganda and, and many of the other African cities with similar contexts, the uh, major contributors to air pollution are quite uh, similar. We know that um, uh, the vehicles, a number of vehicles on our roads are secondhand uh, vehicles. Uh, many of them are aged, uh, poorly maintained, and the emissions they send to the air uh, does contribute um, to the pollution that we we have in our cities. We also know uh, that in many of the African cities, there is a heavy reliance on uh, uh, rudimentary energy sources. Uh, this is biomass. Uh, this could be for uh, cooking and, and other uh, activities. Uh, over 90%, uh, for instance, for the case of uh, uh, cities around Uganda, rely on uh, biomass uh, for energy. Families in, in these cities, over 90% of them rely on biomass, and this uh, contributes to uh, polluting our air. There are other practices as part of our communities, like uh, poor uh, waste management practices, uh, things like burning rubbish, uh, the smoke that is emitted from... Uh, burning rubbish also pollutes our air. We also do know that um, uh, very few roads are tarmacked in most of our cities. Uh, the case of Kampala, uh, less than 40% of the road is being paved, uh, meaning that the other uh, percentage of the roads that are unpaved uh, contribute, have dust that actually contributes to the uh, pollutants that we uh, that get in, in the air and therefore affecting the quality of of the air that we breathe in. This clearly then speaks to deeper issues of development. Of course, anything that you said now could quite easily have been a typical story of a major African city purely because of the development questions that many parts of the continent are grappling with. I suppose we're getting into the realm of politics here. How, how do we improve this point that you have just said is the major contributing factor towards it? Sure, ECHO is the solution, but how do we engage the questions that create the creativity for the need of ECHO? Yeah, thank you. Um, that's a great question again. Uh, I think one way to tackle this is to uh, you know, start to measure the impact of, of air pollution 
uh, on our economy, on our health, and, and many others. Uh, you might be looking at a sector like education and maybe don't see a direct uh, connection with air pollution. But if you go to uh, schools and start understanding how many school children miss school mm. uh, because of illnesses related to air pollution, how many uh, workers uh, miss going to their workplace because of respiratory illnesses mm -hmm. linked to air pollution, uh, how much money are we losing to uh, health um, challenges linked to air pollution in our, our hospitals? Uh, this could um, you know, inform uh, some of the regulations. For instance, the fact that maybe uh, the taxes and the income we get from old vehicles uh, is, does not necessarily translate to a tangible economic gain because the net, the net gain, uh, when you look at the amount we spend on health versus the taxes we collect on, on uh, secondhand vehicles, uh, maybe there is no gain at all. So uh, being able to quantify um, some of these impacts on the different uh, sectors, I think is one way to uh, further amplify the message that we need to tackle uh, this air pollution challenge and not only from one sector, but rather looking at it as a multi-sectoral uh, challenge. My dear brother, engineer, Baino Mugisha, you have given us some critical insights and best believe the production team will be calling on your expertise again to engage some of the work that you do. I thoroughly have enjoyed this interview. It's just a pity time hasn't quite been on our side. All of the very best wishes to you and your students. I'm sure they're reaping great rewards from your guidance. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good evening. Certainly. Professor Engineer Baino Mugisha, Associate Professor of Computer Science and Chair of the Department of Computer Science at Makerere University in Uganda. It's 21 hours. There's only one person who speaks, and that's not me.